Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Community Is Our Middle Name podcast, proudly brought to you by GCH, Grandkids Community Health, and we're here for you, your family, and our community. My name is Gareth Oliver, and man, have we got a good podcast for you guys this week. Um, it's been a little while since we've done one of these, uh, the, the true lived experience stories of, of, uh, of someone, but Kobe Bunny has an incredible story to tell, and I won't get into it too much here in the intro. I'll let you guys have a listen to Kobe's story, but... Kobe is, uh, for a young fellow in his early 30s, he's lived a hell of a life and he's done everything from, you know, being involved in activism and, and being part of the uh, LGBTQI plus community and getting programs set up at Downey Ballarat uh, to rank for parliament, amongst other things. Unfortunately, Kobe's mental health did suffer and he did fall into uh, some, some issues with uh, alcohol in particular, but to his credit, Kobe went and sought help, and he's quite happy to talk about the help that he sought today and where he's been and why it's so important for all of us, really, to go out there and seek help if we need it. So enough talk. This is a fantastic episode, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. This is the Communities and Middle Name Podcast, proudly brought to you by Grandpa's Community Health. We're here for you, your family, and our community. <laughs> This week on the Community is a Middle Name Podcast, I'm speaking with Kobe Bunny. Kobe, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and having a chat. Now, thank you for having me. It's a good time to um, be having a chat, Mental Health Awareness Week and um, Domestic Violence also. Um, it's a good time to speak up and break some stigmas. Now, Kobe and I had a bit of a conversation over the phone a couple of days ago, and I actually watched a video link that Kobe sent me on YouTube. And Kobe, I might put the link... Uh, into the show notes as well for anyone who might be listening and might be interested to see that. If you're cool yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I love for people to have a look and um, just see that it's okay for um, men to speak out because not enough do. And a lot of people go through domestic violence. That video is obviously about domestic violence and um, my story of surviving um, a domestic violence relationship and um, being a victim as a male, um, a lot of people don't talk about that too, enough. And a lot of people got to know that um, some people wouldn't even be aware that they're in domestic violence, I guess. Um, and yeah. it's okay to say it. Yeah. And look, like I said to you on the phone the other day, you've lived, you've lived a hell of a life, Kobe. And um, watching the video, we were just talking before I started recording, watching the video um, where you discussed your, um, your, your domestic violence um, that you suffered uh, at the hands of a, of a partner was really confronting um, you've done a lot of work in the LGBTI community as well. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about, about that? Yeah, so um, I know I don't know if anyone knows, but um, before 2004, John Howard, uh, it wasn't actually illegal for gay people to get married because it wasn't actually spoken about. It was actually a physical, a mental illness before um, in the 90s. And so, like... Um, in 2004, John Howard amended the Marriage Equality Act, and um, from that came community action against homophobia, which then led into um, Australian Marriage Equality and Equal Love, which I was a founding member of. Um, it took up a lot of time, over a decade of my life, um, but we got there and we got marriage equality. Um, also, too, um, we opened the first Pride Centre in Australia, 
Um, well, I did. <laughs> and um, that was in Ballarat, actually. Um, and then now it's gone and they've opened one up in Melbourne and there's ones popping up here, there and everywhere. Um, at the time, people were telling me I was fighting a losing fight. But um, I really had self-belief and I didn't believe that any law could make me unequal. Like I just couldn't handle that fact and I had to do something about it. I went in there, um, like I'm going into this interview, a bit like um, with just a clear head, just see where it goes. And um, I learned a lot and um, now I'm able to campaign for different things like uh, mental health and AOD and different things, but I've also been involved in creating some of that services, um, like the Australian Mental Health and Human Rights Law Reform Coalition, which I was a convener, um, for which I um, actually won the International Bruce McGuinness Award. And um, But we've done in, uh, independent inquiries and stuff like that, but actually I fell down into the trap of um, mental health um, and losing partners um, and then having an ex commit suicide and stuff like that um, actually got me into even drinking and using cannabis. Um, and I've been working with Grampians Community Health actually um, for quite some time and I came out on top. I'm one of the lucky ones who went and seeked out help and sought help and followed it. And um, I've been really lucky with um, a member who I know is comfortable with me using their first name, Katarina. Um, and Grampians Community Health has helped me heaps. And there's a lot of health services around Victoria, like you've got Bellarite Health Services, Bendigo Health Services and stuff like that. But everyone's got a chance to have some help. But, and it's all free and people just got to know about it. Like it's just getting the message out there. Kobe, I'm really, I'm really pleased that GCH was able to give you the help that you, that you needed. And I reckon it, I might get you to talk a bit more about this. Um, you know, you said you're involved with founding some of these services. I mean, how was that process for you to go from being a founder of, of, of and being so heavily involved in um, LGBTQI stuff as well as mental health stuff and AOD stuff, and then all of a sudden you find yourself, you know, in need of some of these services. That that's um. That must have been something. Well, it was very actually, um, at the start, um, I found it embarrassing, which actually um, I shouldn't have done in hindsight, but I did um, because that made it worse. Like, um, so I, rem- like, I remained silent a bit. Um, like when you actually do campaigns like this, there's a thing called cancel culture. So like once you build something up, once something gets going, um, like when I first started the Equal Love in Ballarat, it was just like a beach with just sand and it slowly started trickling water and then the water came into a lap and then it turned into a wave and then all of a sudden it was a tsunami. And then when it became a tsunami, people started moving to Ballarat, um, unions got involved and um, I guess once they got on board and changed their policies, they wanted to run the show. Um, So there's a lot of cancel culture that actually contributed to my mental health as well. Like uh, a lot of people tried to... um, bring you down and um, then they – I actually only found out about it because um, I organised a Q&A night one night and um, there was a lady who came there and she's an amateur TV host and um, she was actually quite drunk and she was drunk off the alcohol I brought for the after mingling party of, after the Q&A and um, she told me what, what she was going to do and what they were going to do and I just took it with a pinch of salt, you know, oh, 
you know, this is just a bit of just a drunk talk or something like that. And sometimes people get a bit angry when they're drunk and, but it happened. And yeah, like, um, I didn't never, never for doing it, starting it, doing independent inquiries and lobbying and campaigning for these services that I'd be one of the people that needed it. Um, well, I guess I'm glad I did it because now it's here, you know what I mean? Um, but it was a bit embarrassing and like it took about, it took a bit of self dignity away. Um, like it took me a bit to actually own up to, okay. And putting up on Facebook and saying, Hey, I fell victim to substance abuse because of mental health and all of this stuff. And, um, like I don't want to do that, nothing with, um, without being honest. And honesty is the best policy, I say. Um, but there's just also, Grampians Community Health really helped me uh, find that, uh, so I guess you could say, um, my way to actually express that, okay, I'm a victim, not not just using, like people use general terms, junkie, um, drug abuser, blah, blah, blah. But no, I fell victim to substance abuse because of mental health. And this is Mental Health Awareness Week. This is why I choose to speak about it, by the way. Um, and that really just put me down in the dumps. Like, I uh, had a really bad experience where, um, like, I went through a couple of years of just sitting back silently, watching, reading some stuff, reading some negative stuff. Then once you hear stuff a certain amount of times, you start believing it. And then you end up giving up and you're like, oh, what the hell? And then you go in to, um, I guess, like, it's like a, when you build a house or and then it burns down, but it doesn't burn down completely. You have to knock the whole yeah, thing down to start rebuilding from a solid foundation. So at my lowest point, I remember as I, the day after I stupidly had an attempt on my own life, um, that I found the room I was in, it was jam-packed. Like, I'm talking with... Uh, over 30 people in this one little room reminding me of all the good I'd done. And it was that day when I kind of like changed the mindset and I kind of got a bit of love back for myself and in humanity and a bit of trust. And that's when I started rebuilding. That's when I reached out. Like um, you got to hit the rock bottom. Like if you start building up from a rickety um, and a half broken surface, then you've got uh, the, the foundation isn't solid. So to really start, you've got to break it down. And the process seems confronting. It seems hard, but it's really worth it because at the end of the day, it does get better. And being honest about it, like, let's be honest, it does get better. Nothing's permanent except for impermanence. And realising that is the major, major factor of doing that and realising that I'm human as well, like, because... Um, I guess when you're in the public eye doing campaigning for marriage equality especially, because um, that was a big campaign, um, and I visited every state during that plebiscite on the roadshow um, with our politicians and um, media personalities, um, you name it, they were there. Um, and then we also had the people that were fighting back, and I guess I got a bit of burnout from that as well. Um, and that could contribute to the um, mental illness, not mental illness, it's mental, it's, uh, mental health is something like, I've got OCD and ADHD, I find them a blessing in some ways, 
in the down moments, yeah, yeah, I might have to sit back and reground myself. But in the moments where I'm so productive and if I find something I'm passionate about, um, that's it. Like, I'll run with it, you know. So it's a bit of a blessing in disguise. But then you've got depression, the anxiety. That's not a blessing um, because when you feel too proud to ask for help, um, that's when you're going to keep going down and down and down at the slippery slope until eventually maybe we might lose someone. And it's important to break that stigma and to let people to come out and say, hey, I'm having some trouble. And empathy and compassion goes a long, long way. Yeah, I agree 100%. And I know from, you know, from my own um, personal experience with mental health stuff, uh, I've actually found it's, it's a lot better now than what it was 15, 20 years ago for people, to, especially for, for guys to be able to come out and say, look, I'm, I'm struggling. I need to put my hand up and get some help. What's your experience been? Have you, have you seen that too? Um, I've seen that. I've seen that. Um, all depends on what communities or um, what kind of bloke you're talking about, you know, like, well, it's all about the behind story. Um, I think it's easier to come up and say something, but you mainly scratch the surface. I find a lot of blokes, you really got to get to know and really build some trust and build some self-worth in that person for them to actually say, hey, this is actually just a part of the journey. It's like life is a journey, not a destination. And for people to realise the journey continues, like once you reach that destination, you keep going, you keep going. Don't let that destination be it. Um, but it's when I find blokes speaking about it, because I'm actually the president of Gender Diverse Domestic Violence um, Support and Awareness Australia, and I find that blokes are more likely to tell you something, but unless you ask the question, like, are you okay, or try to expound upon that initial conversation, um, and don't take it at face value, then you're not going to get the actual story. So if you actually scratch the surface and look beneath what people are saying, and because I think it's more like a cat call, you know, like, hey, I'm doing a bit bad, but then the next day, like, blokes are good at saying something, but, yeah, you'll be right, mate, you know, chin up buttercup or don't be a princess or teaspoon of cotton concrete and harden it up. <laughs> yep. Yep, I think we've, uh, we've I, I all did, heard those things, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it's easy to it's easy to um, like flop it off and just put it down to oh, yep, he's having a bad day. But no, let's look down deeper and let people feel. Um, once you ask people questions and you let them know they're like, that you you actually care and you actually want to help them. Like with me, I knew like I would say something, and a lot of people would be like, oh yeah, but the next day it would just be back even like when you're in the workplace um, and a lot of tradies and stuff that I work with, um, they'll tell me stories about how they've um, said something, but it's just like, oh, yep, a pat on the back and you'll be right, mate. And um, But there's no follow-up and there's no questions. But once you ask questions, you'll find people are really um, maybe willing to open up and they're actually um, thankful for it um, and thankful yeah. for the opportunity and thankful for your care. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right, and that's one of the things as well. You know, here in in regional areas, there's still a lot of that. Like you talked about, the she'll be right. You know, that's that sort of stuff, and and breaking that's a, it's it's a it's a generational thing almost. I think. 
Yeah, yeah. And I think, uh, like, even nowadays, like, sometimes it's cool to have a mental illness or something like that, but then you got to find out, like, what's beneath that. Like, okay, there's a label, but, okay, labels are labels and there's textbooks for how to deal with those labels, but everyone's different and everyone needs a personal, person-centred care. Um, and the care can come from G, G, uh, Grampians Community Health. It can come from a friend. It can come from uh, Lifeline. It can come from 1-800-RESPECT. It can come from so many different places. It can come from a stranger in a street. Most often I find that people find it easier to speak to a stranger than a mate. So that cat call to a mate is like a call for help. But the, because the mate is trying to build them up, not really ask what's going on because they, they're fearful of um, deepening the depression or anxiety or stuff like that or um, like oh, have a beer or something like that, you know. It's just um, They just want to build them up. So, But to build them up, like I said, you got to break down the house. you got to yeah. build from a solid foundation. And the only way I got on top was by breaking it right down. And that took a lot of outpatient therapy. Um, that took a lot of um, getting to know the, uh, my worker, actually um, having the, um, I guess, the guts to go and say, okay, I'm not okay, and doing it um, through a service and someone I didn't know, someone completely, and that was scary. But um, once we built that trust and kept the momentum going, it it built up and built up, and now I'm. I can say that, that I'm not actually. I'm less anxious, less depressed. Uh, I've got no substance. I'm not a victim of any substance abuse, um, and that's a great feeling. And like, I love the natural high on life, and it does get better. Yeah, like, and it look, does. it's the way the way you're talking. You can tell that you know. Yeah, it's been a, a tough a tough journey. You know, I couldn't imagine how tough it's been for you, but. But worth it. And on that that journey, Kobe, um, what's what sort of steps did you have to go through as part of your, you know, getting getting help and getting treatment for the AOD stuff? Um, so with the AOD, um, I actually went to the doctors and just said um, I kind of need some help, and I didn't know where to go because I'm at, um, I lived in Phillip Island for um, around eight and a half years. Um, and when my partner passed away, I moved down to Wallora, which is a town of under 500 people, and um, I didn't know where to go, where to look, so I just went to my doctor, um, and then when I went to, uh, they sent a referral, and I got a phone call pretty quickly. Um, one thing was I found that was really hard was um, the first lady I spoke to, um, she retired, and then I had to go through uh, with another person. So I, I did find that there was a bit of, um, like, it's hard to explain the story. And, um, like, my worker now will tell you when I first actually spoke to her, I'm like, just Google me kind of thing. Like, I want you to, <laughs> because I didn't want to go through my whole story again, because let's face it, if someone comes into you with, at the at their lowest point, um, looking for help, and they say that, 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 that I've done, like, I've ran for parliament, and I've ran for council and being a representative of the city of Ballarat, people would be thinking I was schizophrenic. <laughs> and, like, that's why I said, just Google me for a second. And then it's really important to get to know, and truthfulness is a part. And it comes from a bit of my background, which is something, like, um, like I just wanted to 
put in there, like with the referendum going on for um, the voice of parliament. At the moment, um, I know there's a lot of suicides and suicide attempts in the Indigenous community. Um, like when I was younger, I went to work in um, Arnhem Land. I went and worked in Pitanjara, which is like in Pregon, Papanya. Um, we've done camps down in the Riverland um, and just trying to get people off petrol sniffing and stuff like that. But the thing is, the problems that we see on TV that like we've got the opposition leader, um, Peter Dutton, going out with um, his cronies. Um, they're really um, talking about violence and all this stuff. But like I said, that's scratching the surface. What lies beneath the surface matters. Like, and we've got to get to the bottom of that. Like, okay, so, and explaining what the effects are to people because let's face it, people who live in some of these communities, they don't even speak English. They don't even, they, they don't really go out of their communities or um, if they do, it's to Alice Springs where it's kind of racist, but one of the most racist places I've ever actually been to, believe it or not. Um, and then you've got different cultures coming to Australia um, and, you know, like, everyone's got their own different um, mindsets. Like, I was watching a show on SBS and there was a Muslim um, community and they asked one of the kids, how do you describe a typical Australian? And the first thing he said was drunk. Um, like, you know, we've got that stereotype of being, um, like, if we might we might not realise it because to us we um, have a drink, we have a beer, um, but I think the difference is we drink to get drunk, not drink to ha enjoy. And um, that's where the problem starts. It's and funny you say that, Kobe. I, because I, as you and I talked about the other day, I, I worked in the territory for a while, um, and I had a most of the staff I worked with. I think there's only one other person who was born in Australia, or the rest were from some other part of the world, which is which was awesome. But um, I don't drink. And they were just blown away. They're like, but you're an Australian. How do you not drink? <laughs> and, you know, to them, that just, that just shattered a perception, especially, especially of a white Australian guy. You know, the stereotype is down at the pub with a, with a pot of beer in your hand, you know? Yeah. And in Willora, let's face it, the community's kind of dulled down because the pub's closed because I guess that's a meeting spot. But that's the thing. Like, um, I went to ACOS and it, there was actually a meeting at GCH and um, we actually actually proposed a campaign, lend a hand and like having spots where people can go and meet for the purpose of talking, like, you know, sensory gardens, community gardens, you know, it's just somewhere where you can go and um, have peer support because I, I know at Grampian Community Health, like they do a great job, but there is a lack of peer support um, and following up, like, you know, getting together with people and I've proposed with the state government, an idea of, like, booster tox, because we're all talking about booster shots at the moment. So, like, when you get out of detox or once you clean, clean up whatever your problem is, like, I had my alcohol, was, which is my major problem, um, and that was only due to, like I said, um, I got beaten down a bit and I got beaten physically. Um, I went through a lot of stuff. There's many excuses, but it, I'll... What it is, what it is, and look, that's why I was, I, we haven't got enough time to talk about that. Otherwise, we'll be here for ten years. G G <laughs> Could be another um, good podcast, though, Kobe, couldn't it? 
Yeah, yeah, it could be. It could be. Um, let's do it. And um, but I think just having something where people can go and like I know now the bakery is the local meeting spot because the bakery here in Malora is fantastic, um, and everyone knows everyone, and you get people coming in from the our farms and um, doing the canola and all that. Um, so and everyone gets like it's all just people sitting down having a good conversation. And I know they just started a library up. It's pretty much a community-led um, project um, where you can go borrow a book and leave a book. Or, but it's, and they've got a, um, a little coffee van at the front so you can have a coffee and sit down and you can exchange. Once you're talking to people, it's about building connection, like having connection to people. Like when you're stuck at home, and let's face it, during COVID, it's been really, really tough for people. And a lot of people were doing things like, uh, ironically, we're doing this podcast on Zoom. But I know some people who haven't even been into the office for six weeks. One of my good mates is actually in the office for the first time today. Um, but, like, what can, what could, and I guess we're actually probably looking at another outbreak, but what could we do to prevent that again, like the social isolation? Because I think there's a lot of social anxiety now. Um, and people are more f- afraid of, like we used to have distancing and that distancing kind of put like in like in your head, kind of like, oh, stay away, kind of like stay to yourself, stay within your house. But it's about now like, okay, let's get out there and do something and but then follow up on it. It's a following up. Yeah, let's and bring like communities said, back. Yeah, communities, and it's, it's yeah. that's what and that's what I mean. Like, if we lend a hand, like, just give people a chance. Like, if you see someone struggling, or can I help you? Um, they might say no, but that's the worst they can say. But um, at least you open the dialogue or something like that. Like, I wish I could have a billboard saying, "Ask me if you need help. Are you okay?" or something like that. But I guess other people would have ideas on how that could work um, and how that could proceed. But um, we've really got to build up, build it up, and like getting rid of that, like you can't watch a TV show without seeing people drinking or um, doing something. So that's a part of everyday life, I guess. And, um, but I guess there could be a campaign, like I said, like just to let people know it's not just about the drinking because why do people get together to drink for is to talk. So, and, but you, they say you tell the truth when you're drunk, but um how come we don't tell the truth when we're sober? And is that because there's not enough opportunities? Is it because we're not asking the right questions and not giving them the opportunity to actually answer and then expounding upon it? Um, if they're not comfortable, obviously don't push too hard. But, you know, are you okay today is grouse, but let's do that every day. Yes, absolutely. I'm- 100% with you on that. And it's, it's interesting because I actually recorded another podcast earlier this week, um, which will be coming out around a similar time to, to this one with um, some of the members of the, the new Vanuatu community up here in Stall who are, you know, new to, to the area, new to the country. And, and I see the way they're giving back to the local community. They're helping at the community gardens. Like you mentioned, they're going into to the uh, Eventide uh, old folks home in Stall and, and doing stuff with the older members of the community. And I think, I think that's something that all of us as a community can learn from, from that. And that's something that you're right. We lost, we, we were losing it anyway, but we really lost it over COVID. 
Yeah, and look, that's what I was just um, uh, actually. Funny you said speaking about old folks' home. Um, look, um, that's one of the things that I'm seeking to do with Willora here at the aged care facility. That's one of the things that we do have um, is going and reading to the old people because I love books. And, um, you know, like, I guess chucking someone in an old people's home, even like, I guess we've all been in an old people's home in the last COVID period. Um, we've all, look, and we haven't been able to see people. We haven't been able to communicate. Um, and I guess, look, I'm, I'm watching some of the generation, the COVID kids, I guess you call it. Um, I'm wondering how are they going to be in 10 years' time? Because there's a lot of online talking and a lot of online gaming. Um, like, I know some people consider the computer and for all, all day, like, I feel robbed because when I was young, um, I was told if I looked at the TV for too long, my eyes were going to go square. But <laughs> that's obviously not true. <laughs> you know? No. <laughs> but TV I see is you're a told that to too, man. Yeah. Yeah. And do you feel robbed? Because now how often do you look at a screen? Uh, I'm always looking at a screen. Yeah, so let's get rid of the screens and like that's like a metaphor as well, the screen of our facade. And let's get yeah. rid of the screens and let's open it up and open up the dialogue. It's funny because I'm really, I, I try and make sure my kids aren't spending too much time on screens, um, but I don't do that for myself. Yeah, yeah. So, and then while why you're telling your kids to get off the screen, I bet you've got your phone in your hand. Uh, yeah, guilty as charged, man. <laughs> yeah, so, so like, um, it's monkey see, monkey do as well. So yeah. um, it's about like, the reason why I was uh, really excited about doing a podcast and um, doing some uh, interviews um, later on in the week in Melbourne um, is just by, okay, let's get, okay, let's use the screen because everyone's looking at them to remove the screen, if you know what I mean, if that makes sense at all. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. Um, Kobe, we're, we're starting to, to run a bit short on time. Um, I'm getting the hurry up from, from Zoom. Uh, I'll, I'll, anytime you want to come back on and have a chat about anything else, give me a shout. Yeah. Be- before we wrap this one up, though, is there any final message you want to get out there to people listening? Uh, I just want to say it does get better and it, does, uh, it doesn't hurt to ask for help um, and it doesn't hurt to be honest and it doesn't hurt to ask people if they're okay it doesn't hurt to don't be embarrassed by what your situation is like be honest and be honest with yourself first um that's the first step is um finding that moment of when you can just say okay and you know what you don't have to say that like i know in like they've got this aa and all that stuff and the first step step is you got to meet your powerless and i don't agree with that one little bit um you're powerful in every way, but just look at the point where you're in now as a part of your journey and just know that the journey is going to go on um, and that you can get help and there's help right there and it's free. And um, it's free at GCH and it's free also in the community. There's people out there willing to listen. Um, Even if you look me up on Facebook, I'll message you back. Um, There's a screen time again. But also, too, catch up for coffees. Go out and mingle. And when someone says that they're feeling something, don't just throb it off. Don't just say, hey, it'll be all right, mate. Uh, chin up buttercup or have a teaspoon of concrete and harden up. Um, say, okay, what's going on? And just see, like, you know what, you might be able to help someone and 
that's better than looking back in three months' time and losing a friend to something where you can't get them back and then wishing that you had of asked. Like, I've been in that situation and if you're in that situation, just don't let that get you down either. Um, learn from it and learn from me. Like, okay, I was on top of the world. I was in every newspaper, every TV channel. Um, I was supposed to be this strong person. But it was like coming out again, I guess. Okay, I'm not okay and I need help. But don't be afraid to do that because that just makes it means that you're human. And if you're human, well, then at least you're not an alien and we don't have to research Mars. We can colonise that, you know. So, But just be human and know everyone else is human too. And be aware that the person next to you is probably going through something. Like, every, like do you know who's going through something right now? literally everyone and just be aware of that so um just don't throb it off just and don't throb your own stuff off don't deflect that, that's the main thing too i want to get across don't deflect what's going on inside you and try to help other people you know it's easy to watch neighbors and forget about your drama like i always use this technique um it's a melodrama and now i turn it into a, like oh every time i start to see myself leaving the centre of the storm and entering the destruction. I'd rather move with the calm of the storm. But every time I find myself out there, I just take a step back in and go, okay, I'm in control of this. I can't control that. But you can you control your responses, your reactions, and um, you can't control what other people's opinions are, but you control your opinions. Um, now you can help people. Um, you can get help. And you know what? Helping people often helps you. Um, as, like, like I said, community is everything. Like the unity in community is everything. And I, if I can get anything across, it's just don't be ashamed. And especially if you're male, like and female, male, um, I know if you're LGBTIQ, if you're Indigenous, if you're African, if you're from China, if you're from like, and I know Chinese people copped it a lot through COVID, a lot of racism. Um, don't be racist. Be mindful of your words. Like, change your language up a bit and scratch that surface and get to the bottom of it and let people know that you're there for them and it's okay. Kobe, you can definitely tell you're passionate about the subjects we talked about today. Mate, I really appreciate you giving up some time to have a chat to me on the Communities and Middle Name podcast. And uh, I'm I'm so stoked that you've been able to to come through all this stuff and. You know, you're probably the first to admit you may have even come out of it a better person. So thank you so much for giving up some time. Now, thank you for having me. And um, I hope we, got, we get across to people. And like I said, if you need some help, like message me if you want, but get into GCH and um, get into whatever service you is in your local community. And I'm sure if you don't know what it is, if you call Grampian Community Health, they're going to get you in the right place. Thank you again, Kobe, for coming on to the Community Is Our Middle Name podcast. And, um, yeah, like I said in the intro, you have an amazing story to tell. And I don't think we got all the way there. I think we just scratched the surface of this one. So um, I would be happy to do a follow-up with Kobe if he was keen to come back on. So uh, shoot me an email, Kobe, if you're listening to this, and we can sort something out. This is the Community Is Our Middle Name podcast, of course, and it's proudly brought to you by 
GCH, Grampians Community Health, and Grampians Community Health offers a wide range of services right across Western Victoria, servicing the following local government areas. Northern Grampians Shire, Arrow Rural City, Horsham Rural City, West Wimmera Shire, Hindmarsh Shire, Yarriambiac Shire, Bullock Shire, Southern Grampians Shire, Pyrenees Shire, Central Goldfields Shire. So basically anywhere from uh, Maribyrnong across the, to the border of South Australia, up into the uh, Wimmera Mallee, we, we cover a lot of territory. And services that we provide across that territory include uh, alcohol and drug support, as you just heard Kobe talking about, carer support, family violence assistance, aged care services, including home care, case management and uh, domestic supports, NDIS services, including plan management and support coordination, mental health services, and counselling across a wide range of sectors. For more information, gch.org.au, that's our website. Jump on there and you'll find all our programs uh, and different ways you can even help out by being a volunteer, for example. You can find us on social media as well. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Grampians Community Health. You can jump onto Snapchat and Instagram. We're on there too, at GCH Grampians. This podcast is available wherever good podcasts are found, including on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and you can subscribe on Podbean. Uh, there's some really great shows now on the GCH Podcast Network, including our Community is Able, which we had the first episode drop a few weeks ago, hosted by Letitia Stevens, and that was fantastic. And the GCH Green Podcast as well, which is, um, what is this, a crossover episode where Letitia and I get together and talk a bit about uh, ways that we can be a little bit more environmentally friendly around home that won't cost you a fortune, really. Intro and outro music is an original composition by our very own Andrew Parsons, and we use that with his permission, and we give him thanks for that, and we'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land upon which this podcast has been produced, and that uh, the Jabberwong people, and we pay our respects to the elders, and all elders past, present, and emerging, and we extend that respect to all Aboriginal people. Uh, amazing episode, amazing story. Um, check out the YouTube link I'm going to put in the uh, show notes where uh, you can find out a bit more about Kobe's story. But until next time, my name's Gareth Oliver. It's been uh, a pleasure to bring Kobe's story, part of Kobe's story, to uh, to all of you. And I hope you join me again for another episode of the Community Is Aboriginal Name podcast, proudly brought to you by GCH, Grampians Community Health, for you, your family, and our community. So until then, I will say so long. Mm-hmm.